0: welcome to inbound agency journey this is the show where inbound agency leaders share the strategies shortcomings and successes they've experienced in their journey toward building their dream agency now here are your hosts andrew and gray Welcome to this week's episode of Inbound Agency Journey. This is Gray, and this week I have the pleasure of bringing on the podcast Christopher Antonopoulos from Measured Results Marketing. Uh, He is based out of Northern Virginia. Christopher, welcome to the podcast, man. Great. Thanks for having me today. I'm I'm excited to bring you on and talk through some of the things that you guys do differently from a lot of other agencies um, with, with the way that you're structured and set up. But Kind of before we get to that, what's the backstory on the agency? How did I guess? How did measured results marketing come about? And what's kind of your personal story? Did you start it? Um, what's what's the backstory? Yeah, so it's really interesting.
1: So I've been in this um, you know, technology space, trying to figure out what what technology stack works for companies. And yeah, I worked for a really, I worked for smaller companies. that kept on getting acquired by larger ones, and I started to um, I started a job hunt. And really, all the offers that I got from companies were to do positions that I felt I'd get bored with in in twelve months or less and so you know after rejecting nine different job offers, um, I built a business case to to start this company and I you know, was quickly able to acquire some clients in my first month and I guess the I guess the rest is history now
0: so. With those first, well, I guess first of all, what uh, what's the time frame here? Was this last couple of years or going back farther than that?
1: Yeah, so December of 13. So we've been um, we've been running for about three and a half years now.
0: Okay. Well, there are probably a lot of people who are jealous of, especially for folks who are maybe younger and didn't have as, as much of a professional network built out, um, but people who are jealous of the fact that you're signing up clients right away in that first month. Where um was that from pre-existing relationships or just the way that you were positioned? how How are you getting those clients? I mean, a lot of them was LinkedIn. I
1: mean, that, that's still a great tool. It was uh, again, I'm lucky to have a you know, professional network in the DC metro area, but yeah, it just really started with sending emails directly out to my network, talking about essentially, I'm doing the same thing that I was before, just in the context of an agency. And it um, it was really, yeah, it's that hard work of, you know, people laugh at this, but it's the having lunches, having coffees, getting out there and, you know, going to every event under the sun. Um, I think we did eight or nine events my first month that, you know, if I thought people were there that were interested in selling, purchasing what we were selling or the services, um, I was just, you know, at every single event that I could get to. And that's where I reconnected and got those first clients.
0: Right. Well, so with those first clients, um, cause one of the things, and I, I kind of want you to, I, I want to ask more about the services that you're providing today, but maybe the brain, the bridge into that is, are the services cause on the, on the website. And for anybody who uh, wants to check it out, you can find the link from the show notes or just go to measured results, marketing.com. Um, but you talk a lot about, uh, Demand Gen, marketing automation, um, that type of stuff, was has the service offering changed a lot since I guess very end of 2013? Um, and what did you guys kind of do at that point to what you do today?
1: Yeah, so I think it's um, it's really it's really fundamentally the same. There's there's a couple of small changes, but for us, it's really yeah you, know, you have a marketing automation tool, sales CRM. Some sort of software to run events, a finance system, you know, on down the line with you know software you need to get your job done. I think for us it was trying to figure out how to stitch all of those things together to figure out how many leads you need, you know, what's the qualification criteria, did someone in sales follow up, and then you know, what's the marketing attribution or what revenue is tied to those. Those marketing activities and so from the very beginning we were a technology agnostic company I was fortunate to use a lot of CRMs and marketing automation tools I think where we've expanded is we're doing more on the CRM side to, to build out reporting and um, you know helping companies with their sales process so you know fundamentally we're a technology, you could call us a system integrator, infrastructure company, um, helping organizations make all the technology work properly so they can figure out what they need to to hit their revenue target.
0: Right. That makes sense. So one of the questions, so I guess the background is a lot of agencies are realizing and HubSpot is teaching their partner agencies and, I mean, overall, people who especially young agencies are realizing we can't just touch one piece of the process um, and and expect to be kept around for the long-term until we can tap into ROI and, and helping people get the most out of things and to get the most out of stuff, um, whether it's us or through partnerships, but we need, to, we need to have some visibility and transparency and involvement in what the whole process looks like. So, and that's a lesson that we went through. Um, me personally, Andrew at our agency, Guava Box, was starting off with doing all these one-off pieces, and then wondering why we weren't being treated as why were we were being treated as tacticians instead of strategists. Um, but but one of the big hesitations or objections or things that scares people away, aside from the fact that not a lot of people have your background where they've been involved in the whole kind of that whole uh, infrastructure and everything from the, the very top of the funnel to the to the back end of things. But the challenges with building a team or finding people with a skill set to be able to touch all of those different pieces and having um, you mentioned being um, kind of platform agnostic or tech agnostic, finding people who can work in all those different platforms, how have you guys dealt with that problem of trying to have the right skill set and talent base on the team to be able to service the the width and breadth of of what you're delivering
1: well i mean i I think for me it's sort of yeah i was eloqua's third customer as an example yeah one of the first probably 50 or 60 for hubspot and so i guess for us from a talent perspective is that we've always focused on this space and so you know, our resources are engineers. You know, I, I studied quantum mechanics. Um, I have a microbiology researcher that I've converted to a marketer. And so it's just a very different, a different skill set of resources. And I've been lucky to be in this space for a while. I think if, you know, a company is in a position where they're you know, wanting to put these pieces together or seen as an expert, I think the first step is really to, you know, partner with a company that has those resources and then figure out you know do we, do you want to invest in those really hardcore technical resources to do that work or do you want or do you want to partner with an expert just like us I mean we don't build websites, write white papers, you know do any of those other pieces and so or you know are experts in SEO and so we partner with companies who have that expertise that can help other organizations but we um we learned early on that we couldn't do it all as an agency we couldn't take on the design work and the the technical side of it and so we gravitated toward the technical side
0: okay that makes sense i think that's helpful too to kind of understand how you guys approach that and uh and have dealt with that um so christopher on the kind of shifting into the story side of things, I guess. Are there any? I know this is always a little bit tricky to ask people to talk about client work, but um, any good examples or recent success stories, either from stuff that you've done internally for the agency or with clients, um, where you've kind of been able to bring these pieces together to deliver a lot of value?
1: Yeah, I think um, um, I can't tell you the client name, but we're we're finishing off a project where um, you know, for one of our clients, we're figuring out. Um, what their twelve-month rolling forecast is, and yeah, that might sound like something simple, but it really, for us, made us look at every single element of that company's business. And so they're a they're a software as a service company. They're based in Boston. And so, you know, in that process, what was a what was really successful is that yeah, you know, we we had to map out from a marketing perspective how many leads and of what type they are you know what's the how many of them are getting qualified and sent to sales you know from the sales side we actually had to reengineer their entire process to figure out what's an opportunity and you know how they're tagged in the system and then we even had to change how fields were used so they weren't using standard fields for forecasting and we had to actually switch those fields around so that they could actually figure out revenue, but yeah, I think what what's fun in that, and, and, and what's, what's the success story is, now they know how many leads they need, you know, what level of qualification, and they can start to forecast beyond three months, which is which is all they could do before.
0: Right, okay, That I think it's helpful to kind of have that example too of how you're working with them, and um, that sounds like a really cool engagement. You mentioned partnerships, so, from that point where um they've you guys have helped them figure out here's the number of leads you need to generate here's what you kind of need at each step in the process what are so are you involved then in most cases with hooking them up with another partner who's gonna help with some of the tactical execution to to get the lead generation to where it needs to be um yeah. or do they often do that on their own how does how does that part of the relationship work
1: Sure, so I mean it's not there's um you know, it's not just me. It could be sort of Mike or Lauren or Vanessa or you know, anyone sort of managing that project. But essentially, we help them identify the gap. And then you know, we've run a lot of campaigns you know, through our professional careers and for clients. So we we essentially say, you know, based on the conversion rate and the leads you need to generate, let's just say they need a you know, social media campaign to drive awareness. Then what we'll do is we'll look at our set of partners who are expert in that area, um, you know, recommend that partner, and then you know, project manage what the what the results are for that campaign and report them all back to the client. So that's that's typically how we work is identify that need for a type of campaign or a type of content, and then work with a partner who produces that. And then tie it all together with reporting and results. So where that, I don't like this terminology, but we use it a lot. We're sort of the one throat to choke for the, for the client. Mm-hmm. They gotcha. don't. Yeah, I, I think that's that's one bit of advice I'd say for you know, agencies or companies wanting to get into the space that, you know, it's okay if you don't have expertise in all these areas. Find someone that you can work with, but the end client is always going to hold you responsible for the results, whether you're the one doing the work or not.
0: Right. No, that's a good point. And that does simplify, to be honest, that uh, adds value to a client's life. If there's just one person who's going to be responsible for the success or failure of what's going on. Um, So rather than having to try and hunt through three or four or five different partners, if there's one kind of lead agency or partner, that they know is ultimately responsible or or at least is willing to accept that responsibility. Um, we work yeah. I mean we work both ways. I mean
1: there's right. there's a there's a partner that we work with where we do all the infrastructure pieces. So we do the, yeah, you know, and you know, in this case it's connecting HubSpot to to Salesforce and building out some of the reporting and assignment rules. They're doing all the campaign execution. In this case, they're doing all the project management piece of it. So we're essentially an extra set of hands to help them do this piece. And then it, it works the other way around with content, website build, and those other bits. But right. it, it makes you a lot more valuable as an agency.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Well, Christopher, as you look at the landscape for kind of the rest of this year and, and coming up into next year, combining the future opportunities – with kind of the self assessment in areas um, of weakness or where you're comparatively not as strong in the agency right now. What are some of the things that you're seeing and have identified as uh, kind of focal points for improvement here at the end of this year and, and moving forward?
1: Yeah, so one of the one of the big things is um, improving who we choose to work with as a client. So I think um, that that might sound a bit funny, but you know, really picking companies who are in it for the long haul. They have a, you know, project champion within their company, are really excited about getting this work done and, you know, have an incentive within their organization is really important. I think some of the mistakes that we've made are picking companies who, you know, are initially excited about doing this work but, you know, don't really have a champion or, you um, They'll sort of see it through to the end.
0: Hmm. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. It is. So you mentioned and I guess that kind of leads to another question about the agency itself. You'd mentioned working with a SaaS company as as one example. Are there specific verticals that you're primarily focused in or is it more about some of the things that you just described with the personality or I guess like the traits of the organization itself when you're talking to them during the sales process?
1: I mean, they're all they're all B2B, software as a service, professional services, and manufacturing companies. Okay. I think um, it, it's important when you're trying, you know, it, it's important to figure out what your niche is in terms of, you know, who the company is selling to, and then, you know, knowing a bit about that, that industry. So early on, we made some mistakes in terms of, trying to take on organizations who are selling to consumers instead of other businesses. And we just didn't know enough about that model to be as helpful as we could have been.
0: Got it. That makes sense. From the website, there's an obvious question here that I need to ask. It's the not quite the elephant in the room. It's the Yeti in the room here. So <laughs> there is a Yeti featured prominently. On the measured results marketing site and in your branding, the obvious question here is, what's with the Yeti?
1: Yeah, so it's a it's actually a fun story. So we um, when we first started out, um, a lot of the initial conversations were, yeah, you know, we knew we knew someone like you existed or has been there, but we can't find it. And so we have um, Stephanie who did the the design of the Yeti and some of the branding pieces. I told her I wanted something between a squirrel and a unicorn, and so she came up with that. She came up with that yeti design. Um, we wanted to be sort of intelligently approachable, so that you know this technical stuff is hard and it's detail oriented, and you know people are not too comfortable with it. So we wanted you know something something relatable. But I think you know now it's become that. You know, everyone sort of has their Yeti, which is the marketing problem they're trying to solve or the technology problem they're trying to solve. They know there's the answer to it and they just can't figure it out. So, you know, now we use it for our clients as, you know, what's their Yeti? Their Yeti might be marketing attribution or tying systems together or figuring out how many leads they need. But um, we're having a bit of fun with it now in terms of, you know, everyone has their yeti we can help you find it
0: that's awesome I love it I love the design so I've got one one last question for you and that's around um, this whole concept of ROI and the way that you guys help uh, determine that show that and approve that for clients is kind of a central uh, that's even in the business name measured results marketing um, yep a more core theme to your agency than a lot of other agencies out there. And I'm I'm curious about the way that you guys are measuring that and presenting that back to customers on a, well, whatever that basis is, whether that's so daily, monthly, weekly, um, quarterly, whatever that basis is, is there, are there a specific subset of tools um, that you're using where here's how we always showcase it? is it manual where you're kind of extracting that data and presenting it back to them? Or is it all, you talked about systems integration too, is it all just kind of within the context of what tools the customer's already using, and then you're building it into their CRM platforms or whatever platforms they have for that? How do you guys handle, I guess, the actual um, presentation of that ROI on a consistent basis?
1: Yeah. So it's, unfortunately it's different for everyone. I'd say that, um, The way that we start is we benchmark exactly where, where, where they are. I think we're spoiled in the sense that we have access to their CRM systems. And so we can actually run the reports and see how many sales a company is making and what the revenue is and by product. And so we're in a good position to benchmark it when it starts. I mean, typically it's a Salesforce report or Microsoft Dynamics one. Um, you know, sometimes we'll use a. Um, you know, initially it usually is through Excel or an export. I, I think you know to, to showcase it going forward, it, it's really about building out those reports either within their CRM tool or within an add-on, something like Funnelwise, Insight Squared, Visible, or one of those, you know, one of those other tools to show what the growth is and, and what the gaps are, and then match up the campaigns from the marketing automation tool to say, here's a campaign that either generated that lead in the first place or influenced it in that in that buying process. But it's um it's typically monthly. It's not it's not sort of as aggressive as weekly or every other week. I think most of these companies understand that, you know, just because you ran a campaign, sent out an email, you know, people registered for a webinar or a lunch and learn or something that that's not going to automatically translate into an opportunity. And so we're seeing it as, you know, monthly reporting is what the cadence is against what the benchmark is. So your goal is to generate a thousand marketing qualified leads. Our expectation is that's going to turn into X revenue. Did we do that? You know, did they get a score of 100 or greater? And then did a salesperson follow up you know, within that first 24 hours? And then sort of, and we sort of look at it that way. So it's, okay. a, it's sort of pres- the way we present it is a funnel and say, here's your benchmark. Here's the goal for that month and that quarter. And you know, here's what we look like against it. It's tricky to do if you don't have access to their CRM
0: yeah without that layer of visibility that that definitely makes it a lot harder that's that's helpful to kind of have that breakdown um and that i think the roi piece is it, at i mean the whole move towards the the web in general this is obviously not not a new thing but rois become easier and easier to see in a shorter and shorter time frame and so i think we're going to continue to see more and more of an emphasis put on more more companies will understand the ability to measure and the importance of measuring ROI you won't get so, yeah,
1: I mean the the big thing now is for marketing is that yeah you know, as a yeah you know, especially as an inbound agency that provides that service I mean the all of the budget now is going to be tied to you know how many net new leads you're generating are they getting qualified and at a minimum how many are getting sent over to sales and yeah, that sort of table stakes today, you know, in order to get more budget or scale retainers, you're going to have to prove that, you know, those leads turned into revenue. If not, it'll be, you know, more difficult to get to grow a retainer or get additional projects or, or revenue from out from a client.
0: Exactly. That's awesome. Well, Christopher, I really appreciate you being willing to come on and share your experience and expertise with us today. Um, other than the website, is there anywhere else folks should go to to check out what you guys are up to? Yeah, I think um,
1: at Find Your Yeti, um, we do a lot of we do a lot of posting there, and then um, connect with our, connect with us on LinkedIn. Um, we like to think we do a good job of introducing people and and building connections, but. You know, those are the those are the main places to connect with us.
0: Awesome. Well, Christopher, we'll definitely include those in the show notes. Thanks so much for coming on. We really appreciated it and enjoyed having you.
1: Great. thanks a lot, Gray.